Karma, we are starting. We have started. We're back, my friend. Podcasting, rocking it. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm good, Clayton. How are you? Man, I am pretty shredded. This babe, this new baby of mine, he's six months old. He is trying to kill me. He is just sleeping <laughs> so bad, and I want to put him in the bin. So, oh, um, baby, Jesse, baby in the bin. Oh my god, he's, <laughs> dude, he's shocking this week. He's like been sick and teething and I don't know it's just he's morphed into a demon but we we keep on pushing on what about you how was your weekend uh yeah fine fairly uneventful to be honest did you go out uh did I go out no you didn't no. go out oh I went for some very brief birthday drinks but where at nothing much uh, seasonal. I went to seasonal in Maylands, which is, you know, a lovely yep. venue to go and have drinks. Um, for my friend Eve, it was her birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Lovely. Lovely. What else has been going on? What else have you been doing? We haven't talked on podcast for ages. I know it has been ages. Like, I don't know. Like I went to Oasis ball. That was really fun. Yes. Explain to everyone what that is. Um, I, I mean, probably most people are aware of, of what it is, but it's um, campaign briefs, like annual awards gala night. So it's like Perth's, Perth marketing agency's night of nights. There you go. And so it gets doled up and yes, at, at a table at the in the Crown Ballroom and eats food and has their glass topped up of champagne so they don't know how many glasses they've had. And... Um, yeah, sits through all the awards and then, um, you know, I guess gets to see who, who's the uh, agency of the year is probably the biggest one. Um, who won agency of the year? Brand agency. Excellent. So they've won it um, now, I think, four out of the last five years. Yep. Um, and, you know, being the biggest, like, in terms of, like, staff, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure they're the biggest agency in Perth so they're pretty hard to beat I would imagine but Reb won last year yep. um, and digital agency of the year is probably another big ticket item yeah which went to our friends at Bonfire congratulations yeah love the Bonfire mm -hmm. crew I don't I don't really know many people at, at brand I'm congratulations to them good stuff um, yeah they must be stoked uh, I saw some photos you looked fabulous everyone looked fab and uh, it looked like a good time. Yeah, it was fun. Um, you're, you're a champagne lover, aren't you? you you're, you're pretty good on the old champagne. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, when you try to go to the casino afterwards and they say, how many drinks have you had? And you're like, why do they ask? I actually don't know. Why do they ask that? <laughs> it's such a dumb question. I think they just ask to work out whether you're going to lie, whether you actually know. It's more like... They're just trying to gauge how just to get drunk you talking, you are. just to get you talking. Yeah, right? yeah. And because it, it seems like a like an innocent question. Yeah. Um, and I just said I don't know, and they and the guy was like, well, like five, ten, <laughs> and I was like, honestly, I don't know. And he goes, but how can you not know? And I said because I had, I mean, officially, I've had one glass of champagne <laughs> that just kept being topped up, so. I mean, Tim Tam style one? just kept re just auto refill. 
Yeah, so like if you want to push me on it, I guess I've had one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, anyway, he let me in, which is nice because not everyone got let in, but I didn't stay for much longer after that. No, it looked like a good time. Look, I was buried in sport a lot of the weekend as well. Um, it was a crazy weekend for the sport lovers out there. Nick Kyrgios gave a really decent Ooh, crack at I watched that. Did you watch the whole thing? I watched the first set. It was, he was, on the first set and a half, he was unbelievable. Um, and the F1 was on and there was so much footy on and it was awesome for the sport lovers. And the Tour de France is on as well. Like, it's just, there's, it's crazy for sport, sport stuff out there. But yeah, good stuff by Kyrgios, hey? He was pretty good. I thought he did really well against yeah. what is, you know, the greatest tennis yeah. player on earth right now. Yeah. He didn't look like a little kid getting schooled most of the time. So no. uh, if I was him, I'd be super proud of that effort. Yeah, Djokovic had to absolutely redline to to get him. Um, just that unstoppable Djokovic-style defence is just... Just get everything well, back. Well, he's, he's a machine, isn't he? Like, he's a robot, man. He is the Terminator. It, you know, I was watching him and he just reminded me of... He's the Mark Zuckerberg of tennis. Because <laughs> he's, like, he's like super smart. Yeah. Very disciplined. Yes. And like may or may not be human. Pretty much. I, and people don't really like him. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think that's, that's good. I like that. <laughs> Zuckerberg of tennis. <laughs> I did a sport thing. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, good, it's good. Um, all right, well, I could talk sport all day, but we should get on to the news and, and some, of, some of the interesting happenings in the marketing world that we have thought need to be talked about. So let's get on to it, dude. Um, look, Elon has pulled the plug on the $44 billion Twitter deal, right? Now, it seems like he doesn't really have the full choice to pull the plug because he may have to go through this anyway. So is this, has he just, he might be caught with his hand in the cookie jar and you know, he, he was like, all right, I'll buy Twitter. And then they were like, no, nah, don't buy us. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then they were like, all right, fine. Now you have to do it. Sucked in at a massively inflated share price. Yeah. I don't understand how you can force somebody to buy something when they, only said they were going to buy it but I mean that's not really my wheelhouse so I'm not sure how that works and I think it's good news for Twitter though <laughs> that he's not going to do it yeah why why is it why is this why is it good news gone oh I don't know I'm not into him at all I think he's disgusting oh you think he's disgusting yeah look I have seen statistics like he's had nine children to three or four different women which is getting a bit out of hand really you, but you know that he believes that the biggest problem in the world is um, is the lack of population growth. Really? Yeah. Ugh. So I think he's like put taking it on himself to like have as many kids as possible. It's a bit weird. He's super weird. Well, it's, um, it's a bizarre thing to think that is it that it like not enough people on the planet is a problem since most science would go the other way. But you know. Yeah, well, look, it's been a crazy um, roller coaster. This Twitter, this um, this Twitter deal. Um, he his huge his beefs were that. What did it say here? Um, um, what did he say? 
I think the main one was that the spam, it, right? they couldn't prove how many users they had, like real people. Yep. Oh, here's his letter. Here's, here it is here. So he, he put forward three broad arguments that Twitter had breached the agreement by failing to provide enough information on spam accounts, that Twitter yeah. had misrepresented the number of spam accounts in its disclosures to the US financial watchdog, and that the company breached the agreement by failing to consult with Musk when firing senior employees recently. Oh, that surely can't be for real. Um, you wouldn't think that you could be consulted on firing people before you'd yeah. support the company. But, yeah. I mean, again, it's, who knows? Yeah. Um, that Quint, seems Quint, bizarre. So, Musk information requests on spam accounts. This is quoting some legal person. Um, his requests on spam accounts were not reasonable and would not be accepted in court. He can't use unreasonable information requests to create a pretext to claim a violation. Um, so apparently he's on very weak legal grounds according to some professor of law. So yeah, look, it's uh, interesting. Um, there is one little add-on in this article from The Guardian and it's linked in the show notes. Uh, Tobias added that both sides could agree to settle rather than end up in a situation where Musk is required to buy a company he no longer wants. Analysts have warned that a protracted legal battle could further damage Twitter's share price and employee morale. A settlement with Musk would draw a line under the affair. Look, it's been absolute craziness and must watch really it's been very entertaining if nothing else but i think i think it's probably a good thing that he doesn't buy twitter really but how weird is it that like you can say you want to buy something and then you don't want to buy it anymore yep. and now the company that you don't want to buy anymore has to now give you money so that you don't buy them <laughs> yeah and look um, you know, like, is that a good way of getting rich or what? Should you should we start going around saying we're going to buy companies and then not buy them and then they have to pay us to, like, not sue them for not buying them? Is that no, is that No, it'll that be the other way. Do? No, it'll be the other way around. No, it's the other way around. He'll have to pay a settlement because he's he's the one in the, in the, in the wrong here. That's what they're saying. Okay. He'll have but to settle. Still, but they're still going to suffer from having a loss in what their company's worth because of this whole, he just tweeted once that he wanted to buy it. Well, and then that's the, the thing is... It just seems so weird. I, well, I've heard a lot of... If Twitter... I think Twitter deserves a bit of a punch in, this, in the gut here from mucking around and not, um, not cleaning up their spam accounts and not, um, you know, telling not disclosing their spam, their, their massive level of spam accounts, right? So I think that's been a good part of this. And I've yeah, but also- but how do you do that? Oh, they, I'm, I have no doubt they know what, what they're doing and they can figure it no. out. They, no. they've also, I've also heard some analysis saying that Twitter actually really, really should, that Twitter, you know, um, disclosing their spam accounts would actually do, would be a really good thing for them because then once they remove the spam accounts, one of their key metrics is like revenue per user, right? And that would actually go through like the roof, which would make the company look way better. But if they knew how to remove, identify and remove the spam accounts, why would they have not done that? Well, just for a better user experience all round and people like not. I don't know, but Twitter they haven't. They like, haven't. So, they haven't. No, but, so, but, but so why are we saying that they can and they just didn't rather than maybe they can't? Like you don't need much 
It's not like Facebook where you're supposed to be using your own name. I could make like 70 Twitter accounts like right now while we're doing this podcast. Well, I'm not saying they have to remove them, but they, they obviously have a much better idea of how many spam accounts they have. If Because um, there was some really good analysis by um, Rand Fishkin, the SEO guy, um, and his company Spark Toro. They did some really good analysis and about how how many spam users they think there are on spam accounts. And, um, and you know, I've also heard some, just, just as an interesting kind of connection, you know how, fa- so with the Roe versus Wade retraction in America, right? Facebook has apparently been super hardcore good at removing posts um, that are um, saying uh, things about, oh, you know, this is how to get, um, you know, abortion medication posted to you and and that. And that, that was really interesting because Facebook is very good at saying, we, oh, we can't moderate, it's too hard, blah, blah, blah. And suddenly they're very good at moderating and removing posts that they deem inconvenient. So I, I think that's been interesting. Um, Facebook's always been good at moderating in terms of like just um, pinging like, keywords and having the posts deleted that's that's totally always been a thing but again the the misinformation they seem to not not worry about anyway Mm. so anyway elon's trying to pull the plug will will the law let him because you know if you if you say oh i'm going to buy this house and you put in an offer you can't like retract the offer i'm sure you can well, no, you, no, you, no, you can't. You get, it gets to the point where if you've legally put in an offer and, and the offer gets accepted, then you actually can't back out of buying that house. Um, and you're, you're on the hook for it. But anyway, it's, again, it's, it's not over. It's not over. And I, I, we will definitely be updating people on, uh, on what's coming, uh, what happens with that one. So big hit number two. Uh, this happened a little while ago, but I think it's still worth worth chatting about. Facebook's lookalike audiences lose a court case. Um, this is really interesting. So the Department of Justice in America, again, this is another America thing. Um, the Department of Justice sued Facebook for algorithmic discrimination under the Fair Hous- Housing Act, and they lost. Um Super interesting. Have you had a read of this one? Yeah. I have two distinct but different thoughts on this. And okay. The housing thing is, is really interesting because obviously it's a very, um, very competitive, very well-regulated um, industry. Yeah. Um, and there is, there is basis for... Uh, looking at discriminatory practices in terms yeah. of we don't want certain people in this neighborhood, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the, and, and so, you know, being, being um, someone who spends a lot of time doing Facebook ads and yep. quite familiar with the way that the targeting works, um, for example, which is totally non-housing related, but if you want to um, advertise a hip hop club, um, most of the hip hop music targeting is gone. Um, okay. 
because it's discriminatory, because it was the way that people were using to get around targeting um, African-American people yep. um, and, and sort of things like that. So it's pretty strict. Um, mm-hmm. You used yep. to be able to target based on income and that kind of thing, and you can't do that anymore. Yep. Um, so understandably, like, there's that side of it. The other side is, like, marketing uses discrimination, okay, Yep. That's based off demographics. Mm. So, so like for the fact that like you take a, a list, so you look alike, you take a list of people or people from your website or whatever and you ask Facebook to make a look alike. So people who are like those people. Yeah. Well, so of course it's going to be biased towards certain traits, but it's, it's AI. It's not it's machine learning. It's not biased because it doesn't care what those traits are. It's just trying to match data points. Yes. So it's both, you know, understandable that they want to look at um, discriminatory practices, especially in terms of housing, pretty basic need. Yeah. Um, but then the whole of marketing is... Discriminatory. The whole of targeting in, in advertising is is discrimination because you're going after a certain type of person. So I just don't like from one side, I understand it. And from the other side, it's completely like wackadoodle. So when you, you know, when you um, declare in Facebook ads that it is a housing ad or Mm. if it's a political ad, right? Mm. Which are the two Mm -hmm. main, they're the two main um, declarations you can make at the start of a campaign, correct? Mm. What what happens? Does does that remove a bunch of targeting options? Because I don't think I've yeah, actually run I mean, any of those. I haven't run any of those ads for ages. So I've not wor- worked with anything that has con- is considered housing, okay, um, or political. So I've never pressed it either. I would okay. assume that it removes targeting options. It also, um, from what I've heard, makes your your ads um, in review for longer because they're more stringent with those kind of things okay also to even run them you have to have um verified your id um through facebook so you know there's there's actual recourse on your profile that exists because you have to do it with a driver's license or whatever so you know something you don't have to do on twitter (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so you know if you messed up they would be able to find you Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's an argument that all advertisers should have to be verified accounts. I think that's totally fair and could be where everything ends up in the future, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it's not necessarily a bad idea, but I think in terms of future and advertising through digital, Mm. I think it's going to get very... um, like slot machine-y. You just put your money in and they just do everything for you and off you go. Yeah. I don't know if media buying as an art or a science or whatever you want to call it is is here to stay. I think the platforms just are happy to, to take your money and then as long as you tell them what it is that you want, they'll go after it as hard as they can based on your budget. Yeah. Because I think that's what they want to do. They don't want – they want to keep the money for themselves. They don't really want people – like the, that opens them up to these lawsuits when people know – how the targeting works. They'd probably just rather take your 10K and, and deliver you, you know, 
conversions at a cost that you can live with. Yeah. Then have you know that they're using XYZ targeting or whatever and then ending up in court all the time? Do you think it will just become, it will move? Uh, I think that I think the pendulum will move back to more just contextual targeting as opposed to um, demographic and, and you know, personalised information targeting, um, similar to, you know, TV ads, right? Like, you're like if you're watching well, yeah, this TV ad... I think it ad, already has. Yeah, yeah, it is, but I think it's, it will continue in that yeah. direction. I think, like, you know, after the that um, big iOS 14.5 update where yeah, yeah. people could opt out of tracking, I think that, that really did, you know, it really did start to change how we can measure digital and you can still measure it but like it's you can't say it's ever going to be the same again yeah um so yeah it does like it does lend itself to more you know radio and tv type um you know you have spikes when the activity's on and then and if you're in doubt as to whether it's working turn it off and see what happens yeah same as you do with radio same as you do with tv so obviously you can still, you know, I'm not saying don't do conversion campaigns and go after, you know, the the actual numbers that you need to hit for your business because that's still effective. Yeah. Um, it's just never going to capture all of it. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's very much. Um, and even that, you know, if you go straight to conversions campaign, great. But also, quite often, you'll need to run other activity to support that in the first place. So, like, you know, reach or whatever within your target market so that people know who you are is is always going to support that. And, and, you know, it's just a no-brainer to use social media as a a form of display advertising to support your campaigns that actually convert into dollars. Yeah, I've been recommending a lot more now that it you need to build an audience um as opposed to yeah conversion focused targeting where it's you know go just go get me conversions like no run 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 awareness <coughs> campaigns um and then you'll be able to target users who who engage by and that effectively building your own audience right um, yeah i mean there's there's different types of businesses that need to strategize their social advertising differently. Mm, um, mm. I think, you know, e-commerce stores, um, if the if the product's known and, you know, you're selling the same thing as your competitors at around the same price. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you need a community, you're just probably comp- competing on price and cost of shipping and speed of shipping and, and website functionality and stuff like that. Um, but you know, it, if you're a, if you're a service based business, absolutely, definitely. Um, well, not not as in like building an audience, like building a community, but more just understanding that, or, or getting um, some intent signals that which users maybe in, are interested by running broad, cheaper um, video and engagement focused ads, and then retargeting basically. And building oh, look-alike, yeah. and building lookalike audiences around that, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I've found like lookalikes have got less and less effective in most of the um, verticals that I've, that I work in. Great insight. Um, That's a really good insight. 
but having said, I mean, I think part of that is because Australia's population is so small. Yes. Um, it, but, you know, that could be, that could just be an assumption. Um, I, I just, yeah, but in terms of like a really broad strategy that could pretty much work for anyone, yes, absolutely. Run like, run cheap and broad yep. as much as you can. Build Let up the content audiences. do the yep. heavy lifting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, video is really cheap to distribute. Yep. And um, and then build up. It's not even necessarily. I don't know if you. I'd call it an audience because then that can be confusing of of whether that's a community or an audience. But definitely, it's data and it's um, it's helping Facebook to understand or Meta to understand what it is um, that triggers people to to action. And mm. then when you ask for those actions, it knows. Who to go for yeah yeah definitely okay so netflix has also been the news a lot lately they have really hit some speed bumps um and they they just it's i super interesting netflix looked unstoppable there for a long time and and now after like we've come out of the pandemic competition has built seems to have like built rather quickly in, in the streaming world, in the streaming game, and they are really hurting, right? Really hurting. Then uh, uh, one thing they're obviously trying to do, they've sacked a bunch of workers um, recently, and they have announced that they are gonna run a cheaper um, ad-supported offer. Um, I thought this was super fascinating, right? Because there's so much discussion in the business world around, you know, niching and focus of, of your offer, right? And specializing. Mm. And then obviously there's a lot of discussion around diversification, right? And diversifying your income streams as well. Um, but Netflix here, it, it seems like a brand, prom like it seems like a, a problem with the brand and They've they've really maybe you know uh, what's the word they've broken their brand promise here over the last few years they haven't delivered the right the highest level of content and people are getting tired of it and the competition has really ramped up and yeah man like an ad supported version of Netflix just seems like brand destroying right what do you think yeah I think they broke they I think. Definitely, they broke their brand promise, and their brand promise was that you pay for a service, and it has no ads. Gotcha, gotcha. Like, like that's that was the whole thing, right? Like, I don't want to. And then so people could be like, oh, I don't watch ads because I have a subscription. Yeah. And then now they can't do that. They can't be like those people that don't watch ads because they have a subscription. Well, it'll you be know, a cheaper version, it'll for... be a cheaper, it'll be a cheaper version. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was free, it's like Spotify. Like if you don't care about the ads, you don't pay for it. If you care about the ads, you pay for it. Yeah. But then there's not like a third one where you sort of care about the ads a little bit. <laughs> like, I don't know. I feel like, you know, and in the beginning they were very like, oh, like, Ha ha, share your password. We don't care. Oh, everything's great. Yeah. And now they're like, don't share your password. Do not share your password. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like they were fun and cool and saving people from advertising. Yeah. Um, and now they realize that that wasn't very profitable. Or I don't know, like 
making content is hard. And it's expensive. so hard. It's so expensive. They've spent so much money. And I mean, they, with the competition. And then people the just market, binge it so fast. <laughs> yeah, and people just binge it and quit. And then it's gone. Yeah, I think it's, it's super tough. And I think that they have, they, because there's still, you know, is, is brand, is it an, I think it's another lesson in brand and how important brand is. And it could be the most important asset a business has. Because, you know, there was a time when they, they had, um, you know, like House of Cards and they were on the cutting edge of the highest quality television style content in the market, mm. right? And then they've just, they've turned into con McDonald's content. There's so many Netflix original shows um, and they're just average. There's only one season and then you've got to wait a year or two for the next season. Um, for example, Warrior Nun, loved Warrior Nun, right? Loved it. Okay. But had to wait, still waiting for season two. And there was some real, there's some super interesting analysis and insight into Netflix about how they, how they judge a show and how they judge the success of a show, right? Um, mm -hmm. And big shout out to um, Robert Rose, one of my favorite uh, marketing geniuses. He's a content marketing guru <coughs> who I've talked about a million times. And I don't know how he found this info, but it's, it's out there. Netflix judges a show on how much, how many use, like user growth and time watched in the first month. And that is absolutely, doesn't that sum up what's happened? That yeah. they've, and apparently their most highest watched show, most successful show was Squid Game over the last year or two, right? Yeah. Guess what percentage of people finished the season though? Uh, um, 42. I think it was like 25%. Yeah, um, I never even started it. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't watch it either. But is, isn't that damning? Like that was their most successful show. They had the most user growth. Everything exploded, but nobody finished the season. Um, it just screams short-termism. It screams not that we're not building a brand. And that's, and it's exactly what's happened. So like really great insight from Robert Rose there. Um, and yeah, they, they, you'd think, you'd think they'd be wondering about how many people watched whole seasons, right? Like how many, what shows had people watch for the longest number of years and stuff like that, which there is a few, um, if you can, if you can dig them out, I should try to dig them out. But anyway. Netflix yeah, in trouble. Be... I think they've broken their brand promise and they're, they're losing ground very quickly. And a cheaper ad-supported model is really not the answer. I mean, it might help them in the short term, you know, survive long enough to fix the bigger problems. Um, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's what people really wanted when they signed up, but maybe they've been around long enough where it doesn't matter. Well, it just gives, well, they signed up and it gives, so it gives the people who are paying the full subscription, it gives them a trapdoor to the cheaper version, right? They're like, cause, mm. cause Netflix is getting up there now, right? And it's not $10 anymore. Do you remember when it was $10 a month? 
I remember. It was amazing. I don't have <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but it's now like $26 or something. And okay. so it gives those people a trapdoor to come down to a cheaper level, cheaper price. And it also gives people who don't want to pay full price, um, you know, a way to get involved. But, and that also means that they bring in ad revenue. But <clears throat> I think that overall, it's, it's, it's brand destroying. Um, okay, let's move on. Um, now, new segment. We're going to try a live react. Um, we love showing each other stuff, right? That's probably how we started this podcast is being like, hey, <laughs> did you see that? Let's talk about it. Um, we want to try doing this live. And tell us the idea of this segment, Karma. What are we, what are we trying to do here? Oh, so it's mainly just like I'll see something that I think's either good yeah. or funny or bad. <laughs> and, then, and then I'm going to show it to you. Yeah. And then you're going to tell me whether I think it's good, funny or bad. Like what made me show it to you. Okay. So and then also then you're going to tell me what you think of it as well. So I like this. It's the, um, the mind reading. So see if we can actually read each other's mind. Because like, we've spent a lot of time together. Over the last few years. Oh, it's years. more like, you know, so we agree on quite a lot of stuff, but there's also major stuff we totally disagree on. So, like, yeah. you could be like, oh, my God, Karma's showing me this because it's so dumb and I'm, like, showing it to you because it's, I love it and I think it's the best thing ever. Yes, look, and it is one thing I love so much about you is I never know what the hell you're going to say about anything. <laughs> um, I'm, not try- I'm not sure what you're trying to say there, <laughs> that I'm a loose unit. <laughs> <laughs> You're a loose marketing unit. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to tell. You're a chaos ball, and I love it. It's the best. A chaos ball. You're an absolute oh chaos ball. Um, maybe that's a sporting reference. All right, so I'm gonna watch it right now, and we're gonna I'm gonna try to play the audio as well for people, um, mm-hmm. and and then they can get a sense of it, and then I will I will react to it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's go. Go. Answering calls in Australia, sir. Dream on, Jason! No one's answering calls down under. No, sir, they're back here in Australia. Jason! Locals do not want to speak to locals. Oh, well, actually, no, they they really do. They've wanted that for ages. Okay, Jason, we'll move them. Oh, great! To Hawaii! No, sir, they want their calls answered here in Australia. No. Ring, ring! Aloha! (laughs) They love that, Jason! No, no, I don't think no. Shut up, Jason! You've got to think outside the box. Or outside the country. <laughs> England. No, that makes zero sense. That sounds so posh, Jason. So premium. Sir, people just want to speak to someone locally. Like their neighbour, even. Jason, Jason, Jason. Are you getting people to take calls from their own home now? Yes, sir. You'll be talking to Tom in Townsville. Or Preacher in Parramatta. <laughs> They'll help even you. Shut up, Jason. It'll never fly. Well, it's happening. Wait, what? Who authorised that? I'm the guy who... What? Okay. (laughs) So it's Jimmy Reese, who used to be on a children's show on Channel 2 for many, many years. Giggle Um, and Hoot. Giggle and Hoot. And anyone with children knows about this show. Um, But he's now just... Jimmy Reese. His name's Jimmy Reese. And he's now a comedian and he's like, yeah, he's just... 
he's blown up on TikTok doing these little skits and he's done one for Telstra, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so my live react, right? My first react is, I have seen this before, right? But it is absolutely hilarious and I think he's a genius and brilliant of Telstra and big ticks all round. <laughs> Jason! <laughs> is, that, is, that what you, is that what you were thinking? Do you think it's also brilliant? Yeah, look, it's not the best ad I've ever seen in my life, but yeah. it really took my attention because obviously um, Jimmy Reese did all of those like state versus state lockdowns and, and all those. Oh, know, he's done a million. The guy who, he's done heaps the of The guy them. who decided on Christmas packaging and stuff yes. like that. So, yes. so this Jason character is, is quite well known. And Telstra could have just done an announcement that, hey, our call centres are now going to be local again yes. after blah, blah, blah years. But they didn't. They went, oh, who can we get to announce this for us in a way more engaging way? And yeah. they went, oh, Jimmy Reese. Because I find a lot of his ads really quite cringe. Okay. But I thought this one was pretty good. I totally agree. I think he's a genius. He's so funny. The Jace, this whole Jason, um, the guy, the person who decided that with the, the glass of water and he spits it and he's, as you know, badgering his poor assistant Jason is hilarious. And it doesn't seem to get old. I've watched a thousand of them and they're, I'm, they're still funny. I, I think it's still they funny. They are still funny. Yeah. And, we had to explain them to Jason in our office because I don't think he'd seen it. And we, were, <laughs> we were going, Jason! And he was yeah. like... Yeah. Like he had this funny look on his face, so we had to show him <laughs> some clips of the martini swilling um, person, like a boss from hell. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think it's super creative. It is another. It, it's TikTok style, and he just nailed it so well. And he's just taken it and run with it to the absolute hills. Genius, love it. Um, I'm looking forward to showing you something next week that not only is just funny, but also is Star Trek related and has educational benefits from a copywriting point of view that um, is one of my favorite copywriting kind of like sticks that I beat people over the head with. Isn't that, doesn't okay. that sound amazing, Karma? It, well, it sounds like total, like Clayton, everything that you're into all in one it little is, it really package. Is. So it really is. I don't is. really need to guess why you're a good going to be showing it to me it really is and there's i i don't think there's any way that i'll ever have something that uh, like ticks two or three of these boxes in one go ever again so this could be i think this is a unicorn that uh that i'll be showing you for me okay so that'll happen next time um all we'll right do now that next time yeah all right let's get into our album cuts these are our little short shorter little segment little news stories that are worth a mention um so khan Khan was on recently, the big advertising circle jerk of all the rich, big agency <laughs> people party mm -hmm. in, in Khan. And they all get over there and have a good time, spend a ton of money, and it seems like a right old hoot. Uh, and TikTok revealed their platforms, revealed some, that the, I think the, the headline is, you know, a bit clickbaity. It's not exactly, you know, it says, um, TikTok reveals, um, what does it say? Reveals platform strategy, right? At Khan. Now mm -hmm. that's a bit over the top, right? They're mentioning some things that they're looking to do that isn't exactly them revealing, you know, opening their 
pulling the curtain back and being like, here's our full strategy step by step. It's, that's a bit ridiculous, right? It's more just saying things that they think they want to do, that they want to do. And I think that's interesting because TikTok is, continues to eat every social media platform's lunch at the moment. And uh, anything that we can get, any insight into their, into their growth is, is really valuable. Um, so they had a, a, a big interview with some of the big um, TikTok executives. And TikTok said that they're looking for new ways to target advertising in the wake of Apple providing users with the option to limit cross-platform tracking. Um, so it will include, they will include more contextual targeting. Uh, and additionally, the platform is taking steps to address quality controls and brand safety issues, which has caused some advertisers to be wary of TikTok. Um, mm. They also said Francis Stones, which is a sick name. I wish my name was Francis Stones. The head of European Brand <laughs> Safety said the platform's review process now includes more than images. It also checks sounds, text, and emojis to ensure brands aren't inadvertently associated with something potentially problematic. Cool. Uh, In-platform shopping will be expanded. Yes. But notice how, notice how when, going back to what we are talking about, Twitter and even um, Facebook. Yeah. Like, notice how it's saying, it's not saying it's going to remove any of that problematic content. It's just saying that you don't, you don't want to be, as a brand, you should be safe from appearing next to it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Very money hungry. Um, yeah, so it's like we don't care if you like have all this like gross content. We're not going to do anything about it. We just know that you won't advertise next to it. So we'll just pretend to clean it up a little bit, but not really do anything. Anyway, yeah, I just thought that was interesting. It is interesting. It is interesting. Um, yeah. So look, TikTok continues to grow. I love TikTok. I think it's I think it's really really good. Um, but yes, they they will continue. They need to moderate. All social platforms need to do a better job of moderating. Um, I still think going live is an issue. And I don't think everyone, unless you, you should only be allowed to go live if you're a verified account. Anybody and anyone in the world being able to go live at any moment, especially on something on a brand platform. Um, yeah, it's, it's not a good idea. Um, so yeah. Uh, interesting. We will continue to TikTok. Are you TikToking yet? Are you loving TikTok? I have a TikTok. Oh, it's so good. It's so, so good. Um, I mean... Well, actually, well, here's the question. Yeah. Are, you an inst are you hardcore into Instagram at the moment? Are you still loving Instagram? Um, I mean, I probably shouldn't say this, but I never loved Instagram. Me too. Me too. Me too. But I don't love TikTok either. We're the same, me and you. <laughs> I thought you loved TikTok. I love TikTok, but we don't like Instagram. I love. Oh man, that's so great. We will discuss that at some other. I point. mean, I spend a lot of time on it, but yeah, I can't say that I love it. No, nah, the amount, and you know what really annoys me? A lot of people like I don't like TikTok, and all they do is watch Instagram Reels. It's like great. Of, so of TikToks, thing. of TikToks. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. Um, like an adult. I really enjoyed this little story. There was a, especially the sport link. So there was a picture um, taken at one of the big golf tournaments recently, like one of the majors. And 
everybody whinges at golf tournaments and music concerts and all of the stuff, how everyone's got their phones out, right? And when a golfer hits a shot and they're in the rough, the fans kind of crowd around very close and it's pretty incredible, right? That the golfers can operate, you know, surrounded by people. And what and so this, this shot, this picture that kind of uh, went viral was a shot of a golfer and it was the usual thing where they're surrounded by cameras, right? Um, by everyone's got their phones. Um, wait, hold on a sec for me. Um, uh, sorry. Um, so yeah, so usual thing, golf is surrounded by a ton of fans and everyone's got their phone up, right? But there was this one guy just standing there without his phone with a beer in his hand, right? And that golf, um, that beer brand um, saw that photo. I think it was Michelob. I don't, I don't even know how to say it, right? Michelob. Michelob? Michelob. Michelob, yep, they're big in America. And he's just standing there and he looks to be like one of the only, he look, looks like the only person in the whole shot just looking, just watching the golf. Just watching the, the, the golfer hit. He's, hit like, he's holding it super awkward though. Is he like, is he a plant? I don't know. Um, I reckon he's a plant. I reckon they put him there because yeah. he holds a beer like that. That's the weirdest way I've ever seen anyone hold a beer. <laughs> anyway, I liked it. I think it was a good, they, they signed a, a merch deal with him and they signed a little deal with him and they probably, and then they put the, they yeah. And they called the, and they, they said, if it's only worth it, the tagline was, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. <clears throat> and they, they, um, they did a little deal with him. So I thought that was cool. Um, nice agile marketing. Uh, you yeah. thought it was a plant, I mean, that's fine. I don't know, like, I just <laughs> feel like nobody has ever held a beer like that ever in the history of beer. <laughs> it's just the most bizarre, it's like, do you even like, it looks, it's how you'd hold a drink for someone else or, I don't know, it's really weird. I think you hold things, if you've been walking for like, three hours watching golf, you probably hold thing, you might hold a beer a bit different than normal. Um, what, in two hands? Yeah. So... No, that's super weird. Louis, uh, our I'm last... for like capitalising on it if it's natural, but like, yeah. I just feel like that's a plant because no one holds a beer like that. But... <laughs> uh, our last album cut is Louis Theroux launching his book. Oh. So yes. if you've been on TikTok at any time over the last, I don't know, three months, the Louis Theroux rap has just been smashed as a sound. It has been hammered everywhere. Do um, you know the whole origin of that of that viral audio? Uh, was it in an interview and they asked him about a rap that he did sort on one of. of his and they asked yeah. him about and they asked him did he remember the rap that he did on one of his shows and then he did and yeah. then he did it. Yeah. So there's this girl who yeah. interviews people in a chicken shop. Okay. And it's and it's really weird. Well, like and anyway, so he did this so the original audio yeah. of this not the one that's used in the viral audio, but the original was it, it, when he interviewed some rappers like 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And they and he did a rap as if he was calling into a radio station. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And and that's that's what it was, right? But it doesn't sound like it's the same words, but it's a different, they remixed it. 
So then he he's talking to this weird girl in this chicken shop. Yeah. And um and he he said, oh, you know, I I was I did a rap once or something. And she goes, do you remember how it went? And that's the start of the audio. And then he and then he proceeds to do the rap in the chicken shop, and then someone's put that audio from the chicken shop to music, and then that's gone viral. So mega something he did viral. twenty mega, twenty mega years viral. ago, yeah, as part of his normal job, yeah. Um, then went and then he he was interviewed by this you know woman, mm-hmm. and now someone put a <laughs> So viral. Bananas. So yeah. viral. Do you know the dance? I don't know the dance. Do you know My the dance? dance? That's amazing. Yeah. So you do yeah. go on TikTok. You do go on TikTok. <laughs> I just, well, because I kept he- hearing this like jiggle jiggle. And I'm like, this is the worst rap I've ever heard. Hang on. It sort of sounds familiar. Why does it? And I'm like, oh, it's Louis Theroux. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. And then I was like, wait. Is that the one from him recently going to talk to rappers? I'm like, no. And so I looked it up and I was like, I got the one from 20 years ago. And I was like, wait, that doesn't sound right. So then I had to find a more recent one. And then I found on YouTube the, anyway, so a whole like <laughs> detective. <laughs> and, um, and then was just transfixed by the dancing, which I saw like an adult on Instagram reels. See, Shocking. 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 We'll have to do the dance. Oh, dude. We'll have to learn you it. We need to do the dance. We need to do the dance. Okay. That would yeah, be my yeah. first TikTok. I would I wouldn't you know I don't dance I don't love dancing. Uh so I would I would think about it's, doing it. It's not very challenging. <laughs> All um, right, dude, that's it, man. We run out of time. Come on, let's let's wrap this this bad boy up. Um we have Toast the Marketer. Um our catch up. Our free catch-up event here in Perth at Henry Summer on Thursday, the first 21st of July. And then we will have Grill the Marketer, which we are still locking in our guest for. So stay tuned for that. We do have the wonderful Hayley Bonham as MC, though, from Bonfire. So that's going to be super, super great. And we will tell everyone about our super special guest very soon. Um, but, yeah, man, that's about it. Wish me luck with this baby that is trying to kill me. Good luck with the baby. I hope he feels better soon and starts sleeping properly. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm aging. I'm aging so damn rapidly. Uh, <laughs> you keep rocking Have kids, it. they said. Have kids, they said. Yeah, <laughs> keep rocking it, dude. Yeah, you too. And um, we shall talk again soon. Let's not wait as long this time. Let's, let's try to get another one done really soon. Yeah, see you next week. Love it.